Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. So if you've been listening to our, our recent episodes, you'll know we've been running a, a little series on getting started in property. And this week, we're going to take a break from that. Instead, we're going to going to drop in a few of our own little updates on our, our own property businesses, our property journeys. And I think we're going to start off with, with you, Stuart. And you could perhaps tell us a little bit about your design-led refurb, which I think you've now got a tenant for. Yeah. Well, thanks. And thanks for starting with the positive one. <laughs> <laughs> we are... The, the, the trouble is going to be finding another positive one to end with, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, positive and a negative makes negative, doesn't it? From my old... Uh... But yeah, we, we are nearly finished the refurb of the... So it's a five bed that we've refurbed. So it was, a, it was a property I already owned, but it was a five bed, two bathroom. I had one bathroom and it had downstairs shower behind the kitchen, which of course no one likes. And we've converted that into a five bed, four ensuite, and the fifth gets his own private bathroom, shower room. And we've knocked the shower shower room out of the kitchen, made the kitchen a bit longer. And as you say, it's design-led. We do have some photos of that on on the letting agent site, which which we can share, happy to share. Yeah, they look very cool. Yeah, being a public domain. So um, just for everyone else's benefit, we hired a, a local artist down in the area who's doing a lot of great work. And essentially, I had some artwork in mind that I wanted him to to emulate basically and, and do his own renditions of and I have to say even the photos don't do it justice when you go there on site it's it's amazing the level of detail that he's he's got into and it'll make sense for those if you if you click on the link in the show notes and we're talking about there's some big artworks on the on the main wall as you come into the property on the left hand side of the wall that goes up the stairs and then takes you up to a big high ceilinged wall because it's an old Victorian house We've, we've basically covered all of that in OSB board and actually it will have LED strip lighting in between that board. That's the one of the final things that's being done as we speak. But we've we've, we've covered that obviously with art, which, which you'll be able to see. But what I wanted was him to replicate the walls or what you see in, in London or any metropolitan city where people put posters up and then put other posters on top and then those get ripped off and then others. And he, he'd kind of done that with, with real relish and the level of detail again which he's gone to selecting certain adverts from newspapers or of premium is really really good and uh, as i as i noted to you you know we even sprayed the the name of another podcast i run which we don't talk about often here but it's executive juice this is another podcast we run and it is an excellent podcast too i recommend people go and check that out <laughs> thank you very much so we we've shown one person that because we, we're still as we record this two weeks away from completing and as as the eagle-eyed people we don't need to be too eagle-eyed to see that we, we didn't even have we don't have wall sockets on so we haven't yet finished our electrical safety work as as you can imagine that will all be done but all, the the agreed rate is it's it, it is going to be 135 pounds a week which is about 585 a month and just for a bit of context on this which i think is the really interesting part and why we've followed this path is that I do have a one bedroom flat in the area, not 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 in this same street, but it's not too far away. And it's a nice Victorian 
one bedroom flat. So obviously its own bedroom, own bathroom, kitchen, and, a, and quite a big lounge. And it actually overlooks a park. We currently rent that for just shy of £500 a month. That's for a, for a one bed flat. And this room is going for almost £100 more than that. And it's partially down to the upgrading, of course, but also just how people want to live and the fact that it is very close to the centre of town. How does it compare to the room rate you were getting before the the refurb? Yeah, so this is the the amazing thing. And and this is, I accept full responsibility for what happened with this property. And we have talked about this before, but it, this property I walked into a little under a year ago and it had been pretty much trashed. I am going to share photos of that as well because I walked into the property and there were four overseas students kind of doesn't really matter where they came from but they were just they had just mistreated the property and the reasons for that is when when we bought the property we we did what what I like to call a buff and a fluff so we just tied it up but it was a nice property it had a new bathroom we'd made it all look neat and tidy however I would call it a middle of the road property and it went from being a a student property, a middle of the road student property to not as good students taking it. And then those room rates slowly declining. And then what happened was essentially we were getting £70 per week per room for that property. And why did we do that? Because we got to the stage where those with a little bit more money were taking premium rooms. The the, the bottom of the market were were going out. and, And then what happened was rather than obviously have an empty house when you've got a multi-room property, a, a, co- a co-living property, if you like, you want as many of those rooms full. So, so what happened was we took what we could one just for one year. And then, of course, the, 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 the rate at which we took had dropped. And unfortunately, therefore, so did the, the tenant profile. And I'm not I'm certainly not going to say that everyone that pays a lower amount of money is, is going to mistreat a property. I don't think that's necessarily true, but there's certainly a, a higher chance of that happening. And that's what happened to us. So I walked into that property just just under a year ago and it had been trashed. The kitchen was trashed. Uh, all of the rooms were, were trashed. I've got a lot of photos where you know, it's just it was just quite disgusting. But to answer the question, those guys were paying £70 a week. So as a collective and and we weren't filling all the rooms, so we only had four of the rooms filled. So we were taking two eighty a week, which I think comes to just under thirteen hundred pounds a month. That's the point actually. How do you tend to convert from weekly to monthly? What what do you multiply by? Because of course the months aren't all equal, and <laughs> and weeks don't fit like neatly into months. <laughs> yeah, quite quite simply, just times just times the week rate by four point three three. Yeah, okay, so you, you go for, for relatively precise. Well, it, it is pretty precise because if you take the weekly rate and times it by 52 and divide it by 12, it's, essentially that's the same maths. Yep. So it's, it's, just yep. a short, it's just a shorter way to get there, which gives you your, your monthly rate. So if we agreed £100, for example, then that's a £433 month rate to, to cover off the fact that you will have longer months and shorter months. Uh, and that's how we agree it. So, in short, what we were getting before was about twelve hundred pounds, just just over twelve hundred a month. And we won't get. We're targeting 
135 for four rooms and then the fifth room which is much smaller but again a very nice room and you'll get your own private bathroom i imagine we'll get around 520 so uh i'm going to do the maths quickly that will come out to around 2900 around about per month that's really good so you've, you've more than doubled yeah so that's an excellent result you now just need to fill the rooms <laughs> yeah and it, but it, it's really positive the fact that we we haven't yet finished we've already got one room taken and the tenants signed up for a 12-month period is a really positive sign I, I i given and the reason i was more confident with this so of course you, you can't just do it and expect them to come that is part of it but because i had i actually have my company owns three properties in that street and we're just taking a rent to rent on in the same street. So I know this street fairly well, you could say. And the one that we've upgraded, I upgraded a couple of years back, back in 2018, that has stayed fully occupied, maybe one week or two, the smallest room has been empty, but pretty much we've had 100% occupancy. And it's at, it's at the bottom end of the street, which is down a hill. So I, this property that we've just developed is at the top end, right next to the, the main thoroughfare of the street. So that gave so me a lot more confidence. Better. Yeah, is the hope. And I think once you upgrade a property, not just in terms of the, the, the environment, but your, you know, that design-led element that we've also applied to it just makes a difference. So that, that may well knock a few people out. So I imagine there'll be some people that walk into property and go, oh, no, I don't like that. So again, click on the link you'll see in the, in the kitchen, we've got an exploded ketchup bottle. Yeah, I can well imagine people walking into there and thinking, what? No, we've got to clean that up. It's all over the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But the, the target market, which are young professionals, just sort of post-grads, the, the feedback we've had so far has been very, very good. So fingers crossed. Yeah, indeed. And, and it does look brilliant. We'll at the very least include a, a link to the uh, agent's photos, but hopefully we'll, we'll manage to arrange some some actual photos to include in the show notes so please have a look at the business of property.com to, to find those links and and hopefully photos one other thing i was going to, to ask about this before we move on how is your feeling about the process of it so i know you're very pleased with the results and they look fantastic but i know it's taken a little bit longer than you were hoping so how how do you feel that's gone and also budget wise how did how did it go from that point of view so budget-wise, we are around about on budget. So I would say we, we targeted between 50 and 60K. We are we were around about there for the refurb. We've now got to furnish the property. And I always set a budget. And if you ask me why I created this budget, I probably couldn't tell you now because I did it five, five years ago. But in my head, whenever I'm furnishing a room, I always have a figure of 500 pounds in my head. And for the first time ever, I got my wife involved and asked her to cost it up for me. And she came back and said, oh, it's coming out about 500 a room. I was like, all right. So I must have been, I must have been doing some maths at the time. And so we're, we're about on budget. And in, ter in terms of the, your question, I'm really happy. I mean, really happy. I've got, and I don't say this lightly, I really trust the building team I've got. We've got a great relationship. He... He has very similar mindset uh, values to to me, which is, uh, and as many of us do, around integrity. And one of the things that he always tries to commit to, and I, I actually try and push him the other way, he says, oh, once I've done you a quote, we will never come out more than that. Now, of course, 
sometimes we'll rip something down of a ceiling and uh, we've had numerous issues with ceilings in this property actually and we had this little thing called COVID to deal with in between and we had I don't think I've updated on this but one of the electrician teams we've got a, so we use the same teams the electrician team there's about 10 of them six of them got COVID they, they clearly weren't keeping their uh, their masks on and their, their distance between the team were they blimey no so I guess they worked in bubbles as as a lot of construction was allowed to do mm. and they do work in teams so they are very independent they'll just go in so they won't go on site with others but of course it only takes one to have broken that, that bubble or caught it from somewhere else and and, and and of course, once they got it, then my building team had all had to isolate for, for, for obvious reasons and quite rightly. And I think what was quite nice when when we went through these situations, my builder, you know, would send me a text on Monday morning, very apologetically to say, I'm really sorry, but with a very detailed explanation. And my response was really simple. It was look, just keep yourself and your families safe. Once that's done, come back to me and and I remember just even feeling the relief coming back from his text saying, you know, really, really appreciate your understanding. But for me, you know, this is way beyond anything we're doing. This is a, a humanistic thing. It's, and I'd expect the same in return. It's like, okay, I, I just said, look, of course I want this finished, but I want you, I want everyone to be safe and healthy. That's, that, that always comes first. Yeah, the top priority is we, we have to look after each other. Yeah, and, and this is, yeah, we, we don't want to get into that conversation. So, um <laughs> in terms of time where are we um so it's taken it's probably taken a couple of months longer than than intended which has created obviously additional pressures because we're covering the mortgage and the and the utilities and everything else but t- to be honest when i think about the, that cost in terms of the cost of holding the property and the utilities in relation to the overall cost of the refurb it's a, it, in my world it's a bit of a drop in the ocean to come back with a property that will more than double its rental revenue and god willing be um, occupied for, for longer and, and my intention is that all contracts going into this property will be minimum 12 month contracts so at least we know that we've got that that year to to, to steady the ship in relation to that single property so i, I can't I can't fault because I'm, I'm just so pleased with our building team. And that, that's probably the thing I could reiterate is if I, if I had other building teams where I didn't fully trust them and, and we didn't have complete transparency, because the thing is, Simon, as you know, even though I don't have, often think that we have a number of things going on. So at the same time that we were refurbing this five bed, five on suite property, we had a couple of painters and decorators popping over the street to go and paint and decorate a property which we are about to sign contracts on a rent to rent. Meanwhile, we completed on a four bed masonette, which I've also asked them to start ripping out because I'm doing that with a separate business and a separate investor. So they've started doing that. So we've had to do a bit of prioritization. And yeah, so some of the delays uh, are, are due to other important tasks. Not, not yeah. just because of the environment and, and problems coming up and things. Yeah. It's actually sort of deliberate choices. Yeah. Self-inflicted. Yeah. And, and in actual fact, going out to the market for, for renters now in sort of the start of the year is a, a probably a better time than trying to find tenants towards the end of last year, which is, is what it might have been if you'd, uh, if you'd been on time. 
to the original plan. So, so it, it, it probably won't work out too badly. No, and I, I probably maybe naively have the approach that if you if you bring something of a very high quality into the market, and I'm talking about cross markets, not just in property, but my view is that there will be a market there, whether that's January or, or, or March. And given that most of the portfolio was previously student, you know, the argument would be that usually we'd have to have the property ready by October, November. So that, that is why I work on those cycles, because you're, you want people to come in in October, November, because they're, they're, they're booking for the uh, September ahead, obviously. But a, a couple of times, my timings was com- were completely out and the properties were ready in January, February, but we'd get short-term lets in because they'd just been refurbed. So I, I hadn't always stuck to that cycle, but now we've migrated away from just students. And like I say, this is post-grads and, and young professionals. That's less so, but I, I do agree with you because there's something about the new year, the new start where everyone goes, okay, right, now I'm ready to to go and do what I want to do. And, this, and it feels like that is happening already. So I think, I think you're right. I think it'll all work out very well. <laughs> I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, thank you. However, unfortunately, you've got some other updates that are not working out quite so well. Do you want to do you want to run us through those quickly? <laughs> yeah, if I say it quicker, will it be less painful, do you think? We can try. <laughs> so the purchase of the flip that we were selling in Croydon fell through a couple of days ago. The buyer has stated that the service charges are too much and without wishing to denigrate anybody, these service charges have been on the table since we marketed the property. Yes, presumably they weren't a secret. We, we try not to keep these things secrets for this very reason. We want all information out on the table. So I think we started, I think we agreed this in October, maybe a little bit before so it's it's very galling to have to have someone pull out. As always, the thing is, these, these things do happen. Quite clearly, the, the buyer's got cold feet. Is that the reason? Not sure, but uh, yeah. So that's so that's happened. Which is, uh, we'll talk about the challenges. But there's a lot of money tied up in this property, which needs to come out, and selling it really helps bring cash back into the business, obviously, and also this. For, for those that have been listening, know that this property has had challenges because of the managing agents, leasehold agents, and the, and the landlords of the property. It's a mixed-use building. It's residential and commercial. And had cladding issues, which is what's happening at the moment. So we need this dreaded EWS1 form, which stands for External Wall Survey, which we've talked about before. But the good news I think for for me and my JV partner, and this is we are we're a little bit long in the tooth. So as soon as we got that call, of course, I let loose a few expletives immediately. But then just said, right, okay, these this is what we're going to do. So we immediately contacted the estate agent and said, okay, just get it straight back up online, put it back up for sale. We've also remarketed it for rental. Funnily enough, I just got a message this morning to say someone wants to go and have a look at it for a short-term let. So that will cover the costs. The investor, I actually phoned him straight afterwards as well because I thought, you know what, while I'm uh, peed off, I'm just going to give him a call so he, he he can hear that. that. And also he knows, that, again, I work with him quite transparently. I just said to him, look, 
it's just fallen through. Uh, we're probably going to need some time, might need some help from you in terms of interest rates. And fortunately, he said, okay, you do you tell me what you need and we'll, we'll discuss it. So for me, this is all like ripping off the plaster very quickly because I think otherwise, if I let it stew, I'm like, oh, should I call him? Should I not call him? <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, Gonna have to have that conversation at some point. So yeah, get it over and done with. Swallow the frog. Got to swallow the frog. As I tell the kids, just do it. If there's something you don't want to do, that's probably the first thing you should do. And what was the other thing? So the other thing was just around the bridging finance. So again, if you if you read a lot in property circles and you talk about bridging finance and you've got bridging finance for six months or a year, it's a bit like when you exchange contracts. You, you think that if you didn't complete you, you think the world's going to end, and it's the same with bridging finance. You think if you don't make that six months, the world crashes. And and in some cases, I'm sure it might do. But I have to say, and I mentioned this on the podcast previously, Interbay, who we've been working with, I don't mind giving them some free advertising, but they have been extremely proactive, usually three months before the, the expiry of the, the bridge. They phoned us and said, what's the situation? We've told them that we were selling it. We've already extended by three months and then the last month they phoned us again. In fairness, I haven't spoken to them since this happened. So that should be my next call to to do that. But given the situation we're in and, and how they've responded so far, I'm expecting them to be supportive. And um, we've also set some hairs running around potential refinance in the property as well. So, so lots of action to, to cope with the, uh, the unexpected change. And of yeah. course, now you're you're probably not going to be looking at getting a buyer who can complete before the end of the the stamp duty holiday. So that that might also change the people you're you're looking at. I'm interested when you've put it back on the market. Have you changed the framing of it at all? So I know you're or at least I assume you're still looking for cash buyers. Um, have you changed the pricing at all? Have you sort of refreshed anything else in that that listing or? No, not on this one, because we, we went out with a range. So we went out of a range between 300 and 320. And, and that's, if we went out with a single price, we might have dropped it, but because we've already dropped it. So essentially, it's been valued by the bank as 350. But given the challenges, we've dropped that and put that range in between 300 and 320. So we won't. And also, we've, we're kind of both, my JV partner and I, are both of the mindset that, given what we've just been through now, that we're, we're almost having to face up to worst case scenario. We, we accepted a lot less on the property than we wanted to. We were going to make a, we were going to make a loss on the property, give or take, maybe break even, but it, it wasn't going to be a great property for us. Let's just say that. We've, we've done a lot more learning than we've done earning, that's for sure. And we felt because we've already been through that, we'd kind of accepted all of that, that this time, now that's fallen through, for, in a strange, perverse way, it feels like, and like you said, because we know there is no realistic chance of someone coming in for the stamp duty holiday unless they they put a, a lump of cash on the table to both us and a solicitor, don't know, um, might work. But we think, okay, now we've got to have the worst conversations with with the, the bridging lender to say, actually, it might not be a month or two months now, it could be six We've got to look at refinancing. We're thinking, okay, why don't we try and solve all the problems? And then possibly, best case scenario, we 
we actually solve all of our problems and then we put it back on the market at what we think is the full price value. But we just know that there's a lot of effort in between those two points. It's not going to be easy because just getting very simple things like a license to water, which very quickly is just is the managing agent's legal agreement that we could do what we've done to the property because we converted it from a one bed to a two stroke three. Just getting that has taken us almost a year, which we were told by their solicitors was done and dusted after about a month. So it's, it's not the legal element that's taken the time. It's just the fact that the administrative process and quite frankly, probably just the apathy of the, the managing agent has led it to taking this long. So we don't think about it likely to say, oh, we're going to solve the problems. I don't think it's, it's not going to be an overnight thing, but then part of us thinks, do you know what, maybe we'll just roll up our sleeves, give these people hell, we'll get the tenants on, we'll get the other owners of the building involved, and we'll just really push this through to get the paperwork we need so that actually someone could come along and get a mortgage on the property. Yeah, because, I mean, really, that would be ideal for you because then you can, as you say, dramatically increase your, your asking price. So. Yeah. But probably quite a quite a wait before that's possible, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. So, I mean, that's our flip project. That's um, not as easy as the courses would have you believe in this instance. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's, it's not quite a uh, an overnight millionaire success, eh? <laughs> no, no. But uh, like I say, you learn all your own, and we've learned a hell of a lot. I've learned a lot of the things that we wouldn't do again. As I said to you off mic, I probably... It'd have to be a very big push to get me to buy a leasehold property again. Uh, have you heard about some of the, uh, the leasehold reforms that are being proposed? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was purely for houses, lease on housing estates. I believe a lot of the reforms are to cover all leaseholds, but we should probably do a bit of, bit more reading into it and talk about it on yeah. another, another episode. <laughs> Bumbling along half half uneducated <laughs> yeah I, i'm thinking actually so i'm thinking more of the service uh, the ground rent and service charges i think there are some things in there about sort of preventing the doubling of ground rents um, and things like that i'm not sure if it covers service charges so much but anyway let, let's stop talking about stuff we don't know about <laughs> let's cover that another time <laughs> we're actually nearly out of time how are you doing for your updates is, is there anything else you'd like to cover Oh, there is one other bit of good news, which almost passed me by, which is on the city. So we're selling another little flat, which is a little one bed flat, which we've agreed an offer on. So I'll say it's good news. It's a good start. But given what I've just talked about, we've got a long way to go because of the purchase. But yeah, that's it's a much lower cost. It's the little one bed flat that we've got. Yeah, just just shy of asking a little bit of negotiation. And um, yeah, I've got an agreed offer. Cool. Are they in a rush to do that? Are they happy to take sort of the normal amount of time? Or oh, they're in no rush to do it. To progress? I mean, it's, it's under stamp duty thresholds. It's It's got an existing tenant who has now gone MIA. So I think that they're aware that it could be the summer, i.e. we're talking six months, unless unless we start getting some content. I've tried to do it very informally. Again, just being upfront and honest with the tenant, I, I found her on the day. I had the offer and I said um, I said that we'd had an offer I know that the tenant was very keen to stay there but I said unfortunately the people that are buying the property are buying it for their son who wants to live so 
um, I'm very sorry, but you know, wish you wish you the best. But obviously, I need the that that the flat back to to be able to sell it. But you know, how about you tell me what you think is a, a fair time frame for you to find somewhere else, and we'll work to that, which I felt was fair because then she could just give me what uh, what time frame she would be comfortable with. We haven't heard anything back. I have messaged her a few times, so not expected to hear back now. So sadly, I think we're just going to have to go the formal route, which is not what I wanted to do. But this is property. This is property business. Indeed, yes. And the, the, the formal route with an eviction, effectively, ending of the, the tenancy is not straightforward these days and not not quick, especially if if the tenant objects at all. So, yes, good luck to you on that. I hope it, um, I hope it goes relatively smoothly. Well, I, I'm basing, the timings in my head are, I'm basing on the worst case scenario, which is six months. I'm, I'm desperate that it, that it happens quicker for both me and the buyer's sake. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that and we'll, we'll just start start doing what we can do. Well, I hope it does go well um, in, in the end. And it's good that your buyers at least are, are happy to take their time. So Yeah. That's good. Right, we are over time. I thankfully don't really have much in the way of updates. So that, that fits quite well. I'm, I'm still scouring the market for, for property deals. Uh, I haven't yet found anything that's jumped out at me. And given the current... Uh, lockdown. I know. I know the property market is still open. I know agents are still allowed to provide viewings, but it is my personal view that I don't currently want to to go on viewings, given given the risks involved and the the virus rates that are out there. So while I'm keeping an eye on the market, I'm not planning to to go out and start looking around properties at the moment, and realistically, probably won't be for at least another month until until virus rates come down to uh, safer levels so that's that's kind of put my plans a little bit on the on the back foot but i am still keeping an eye on the market i am still watching what's out there and there, there may be things that that i'm particularly keen on and we'll try and do sort of video viewings or virtual tour type viewings and, and maybe maybe that somewhere might be enough to, to make a decision but but we, we shall see um i'm not uh, i'm not expecting great progress for the time being and just for clarity's sake so the you completed on the sale and all of that's done now so all of the transactions are complete ah well (laughs) so if you remember buyer insisted that the solicitors held back uh, a small amount of the the purchase price while some land registry updates were being processed so the solicitors still have that money those land registry updates are still in progress. We're not expecting that to be particularly quick because the solicitors are still under immense pressure from other people to to get things done before the end of March when the stamp duty holiday ends. So I think ours is unlikely to progress before then, really. So so that that last little bit of, of funds is is still held and will hopefully come along later on. But but yes, other than that, everything's completed. Money has moved. I've been online to the HMRC site and worked my way through the, the capital gains tax declaration. Yeah, because you only get 30 days now, don't you? 
you do indeed only get 30 days i managed to actually get it finished and paid on day 29 um, <laughs> <laughs> typical typical isn't it why do we do that well in this particular occasion i blame christmas <laughs> and, and i'm sticking to that <laughs> but uh but yes i it's yes I, I should really have done it a little earlier <laughs> it's one of those things you get to that that final point you think okay right i'm i've filled in the form a few days earlier i'm going to now go back to it double check it actually get it paid and you go through that process click the button that says yeah this is final get the number back go forward to to paying you think right okay i'll log into my bank transfer the money oh it's over my transfer limit and i'm on the last day <laughs> <laughs> so so uh yes that that caused a, a momentary panic but then uh had a bit more of a look and you can actually pay your capital gains tax via debit card <laughs> and and they're happy to take that seemingly without limit or at least i didn't reach any limit so yeah that that was how i ended up paying my capital gains tax on on the uh the day before the the absolute deadline of it so it, it all worked out it was fine <laughs> it's so funny it reminds me of um the property i bought on you bought a property on a debit card <laughs> <laughs> no I, I haven't been out buying any properties uh that cheaply i wish the the on, on an auction and it was one of those where we, we were absolutely panicked about getting everything done in the 28 days from from the point the gavel went down to to paying and the Basically, the solicitors, both side, everyone did everything really quickly because obviously your legal packs are basically done anyway. But it, anyway, it all got done within two weeks. All I needed to do was transfer the funds, which, which from memory was listed, was around a hundred thousand pounds, which for for the transactions. But of course, I didn't do it on the two weeks. I waited till possibly day twenty-seven or day 26 and then i just strolled to my bank because it still existed at that point in the high street strolled to the bank and just said oh i need to transfer these funds and they said oh we can't transfer that amount in a single day and i i just remember my heart stopping thinking why am i stood here the day before try you know and then trying to work it out of course you do work it out but uh, you just reminded me of that because i just thought yeah we, we love leaving things to the last minute don't we I'm very glad it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you say, I think we've uh, well overrun now. We have indeed. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and found some of it educational. As always, please do leave us a rating or review. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Show notes can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com. Yeah.